Today we'll be talking about the logic of buying gold. Gold has been around since the ancient times and was one of the earliest forms of currency. Of course, it's also a beautiful and shiny metal that many of us enjoy wearing around our neck, wrists and fingers. So stay tuned as we discuss gold. Does it make sense to buy during crisis and inflation? Of course, as always, this is not investment advice and it's just opinions of two writers who are very interested in the topic of finance, which is why we're discussing it today. My guest on the show, as always, is Timothy Ho, co-founder of Dollars and Cents, and I'm Dinesh, co-founder of Dollars and Cents as well. Thank Welcome you. to the show, Timothy. Thanks, Dinesh. Always glad to be here, and I think we have a very interesting topic today uh, because a lot of people are asking about gold pertaining, obviously, to um, the war, and then obviously before that, the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, but before going into that even, I want to take one step back and uh, discuss a topic that maybe I discussed with my wife quite a fair bit. <laughs> Can you actually invest in gold or is it just shiny jewelry that you wear around your neck? Okay, so when someone decides to buy gold, they can either be talking about making an investment, you know, either in physical gold or through the ETFs nowadays, or buying a piece of gold. So what do you think about it? Is, it? is it to store value of a money or is it to invest and grow our asset? I, I think that it's, it's both, right? So the whole idea about gold is that it's definitely of an asset that can store your value and it can grow over time as well. So uh, if you think back about, you know, the old jewelries that, you know, your parents and my parents, we probably have at home and what they paid for those gold jewelry. I know my dad has quite a fair bit. And if I were to bring those gold jewelry to a pawn shop right now and ask them how much they'll pay for, for it, you know, I'm pretty certain that they will give us, give me a, a lot more than what my dad actually bought it 20 years ago. So in that sense, uh, I would say that it does store a value. It it does even, I would dare say, even keep track with inflation. And uh, so that's that's one. I think when you talk about it being an investment, then you naturally have to compare it with other investment instruments. So that comes with your, your equities, for example, uh, your ETFs, your REITs, your properties. And uh, whether or not gold would be a more efficient way to grow your money compared to, say, properties or equities in Singapore, I'm not ent- entirely sold on that. You know, it may be at certain period of time, but, you know, in the long run, it may really lose out because at the end of the day, we got to understand compared to companies or properties, gold don't make money for its owner, right? So I, I'm not, so, you know, you got to think of how, how you treat it as an investment. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. But before we jump into the next portion or, you know, whether we should start investing in gold, I want to ask you, what would you say to someone who comes up to you and say, um, you know, look, I want to buy jewelry. And the reason for this is because... It's a long-term investment as well. <laughs> I think it's the, the person is not absolutely wrong. You know, like I say, my parents who bought gold 30 years ago are probably making money on the gold jewelry, assuming they, they still have it stored in good condition. So uh, they're not absolutely wrong. They could make money off gold if they, they buy and just essentially wear, hold it and, and not lose it over the next 30 years. But I would question the efficiency of it, right? Because even if you want to buy gold, and, and if you're just looking at it from an investment point of view, then you're better off getting gold coins, gold bullions, right? Which is which is totally, you're, you're just paying for the gold, the weight of the gold, rather than pay for the craftsmanship of using the gold and making it into some nice jewelry that you can wear, right? So, but you know, there is also obviously a bit of benefit with, with having jewelry because you can wear it. You can't wear a gold bar around your neck. So I would say that it's 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 not wrong, but it's probably not the most efficient way to grow your money to buy jewelry. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with you. But at the same token, you know, I was actually speaking to someone today itself 
and this person says that you know hey why not you know you're already enjoying that price appreciation like you said your parents <laughs> or anyone else who bought gold 30 years ago would be enjoying price appreciation why not also enjoy being able to wear it while having your your asset grow at the same time right yeah it's, it's two two ways that you benefit yeah that's absolutely right right so you got to like the jewelry that you are paying for right that that goes without saying otherwise there's no point in buying the jewelry so so the person is not wrong right it, it is true that you can make money but that means you you got to like what you're buying in the first place but if you're just talking about it from a pure investment point of view then it's not the most efficient but if wearing it makes you happy then it, then it's not a pure investment point of view yeah yeah I, I mean before we move on to the next part i also want to put a caveat here you know wearing it is all nice but uh, i do have some painful stories about losing your gold jewelry as well so that's always um on the table when you're wearing your jewelry keep that in mind Okay, so, you know, we were having a chat right before the recording session as well. You know, we spoke about how gold really played a, a starring role during um, the global financial crisis. I think it was in 2008. Then gold prices actually rose about 13% during the same period of time where stocks actually fell 50%. You know, so this really showed, you know, the importance of how gold can, can add a store of value or safety to your portfolio. However, you know, looking at the, the recent, more recent crisis or more recent uncertainties in the market, you also said that gold prices actually dipped during the, the start of the Russia-Ukraine war. So what are your thoughts on gold being a, a hedge against these times of crisis? I, I think it's, it's interesting. And, and let's look at each of these crises in individually, right? So w- when you look at the Ukraine-Russia war, which is obviously still ongoing right now, what you can see is that actually both, the, the at least at the start of the war, when it came as a news, right? So as it came as a news, it, you can actually see the equity market didn't really decline that much. If you look at the S&P 500, it has declined since... But that's for reasons that is not related to the war, right? So when the news of the war broke out, the equity market did not really dip. And and vice versa, or at least, you know, as an extension of that, gold prices itself, I think it went up by a little bit during that period, but it's since gone down, right? So I, I would say there is very little correlation that the war currently has on either gold or equity prices, notwithstanding other external factors that have pushed the equity market down, right? So that's one thing I would say. With COVID, I wouldn't say that it was not affected, but if you look at the equity markets when COVID started, right? So I, when I look at the time period between 19 February and 23rd March, that one month period, which is pretty much when the when when the virus was spreading outside of China, when, when it, I mean, even in Singapore, we got it a little bit earlier, but that's where it really went worldwide. The S&P fell about 33% in one month. So that's, that's huge, right? But when you look at gold, it only went down about 2%. I, I wouldn't say that it went down. It could just, it, it trended sideways, I would say, right? And gold, gold actually recovered, you know, by, you know, end of April. So within a month or within two months, it has already trended higher. Whereas the equity market did take a little bit, and I would say let's let's be very let's deep dive also a little bit of how the equity market recovered. It was largely boosted a lot by the tech stocks that were performing well during the initial period of the pandemic, where everyone was just going online for your fitness, your groceries, um, and everything else in between. So, um, you know that 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 boosted the S and P five hundred a lot. So we we have to also look at what pushed the S and P five hundred. Whereas with gold, you know, it was rather resilient during the pandemic. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Talking about gold's resilience, right? You know, I I read that you know gold has returned seven point seven percent per annum 
So every year since 1971, right? This is quite... Uh, it took me by surprise, actually. I didn't realize it rose this amount each year. I think I'll be happy if I got this just investing in stocks, actually. <laughs> okay, so this is not too bad, you know, compared to other types of investment. You know, so since this is such a great store of value during, you know, short-term crisis, during wars, during the GFC, during COVID-19, for example, and it also delivers such a good return over such a long period of time since 1971, shouldn't we be allocating, or what do you think about allocating a larger proportion of portfolio to it? I, I think that, you know, like I say, as an investment asset class, on its own, yes, you know, the, the returns have been rather decent since 1971, which is the day that US President Richard Nixon actually removed the USD from the gold standard. So he removed the pegging then, right? So if we look at it, it it's been good. But I don't want, and I think we need to be cautious about it. Gold is not bonds. Gold share prices or gold prices can fluctuate and have fluctuated over the years, you know. In the last, you know, decade, you know, there are occasions where it dips significantly within a year or within two years. And yes, you know, since the 1970s, you know, returns have been good, equities as well, right? And if you look at it, I mean, from a 50-year time frame, it, it becomes, to me, it starts becoming very theoretical, right? Because that basically means you have to start investing at 20 and you'll be 70 today, which is not what many of us would be doing. We, we typically wouldn't have a 50-year time frame. And there is no guarantee or so that in the next 50 years, gold will give you that 7.7%, 8% compounded. So I, I don't think, you know, we, we, we should expect that or we can forecast it, right? I think what is more likely to do well, it's, it's equities, it's companies. Companies will, good companies will continue to remain profitable. Good companies will continue to give their investors the kind of returns that, that we want. Right. So if you were to ask me to, you know, should I choose a hundred percent of gold over equities? I think I think the answer is no. But if you were to say that, hey, can it be a small part of our portfolio to hedge against risk, right? To optimize for return while not increasing your risk, I think it does have a part to play. A lot of literature out there suggests that it shouldn't be more than ten percent of your portfolio. I think that's quite sound. I think what it does is that in times of crisis, it it defends your portfolio against just a, a huge and steep decline. Yeah, so we've talked about like you know gold's responsibility in your portfolio within the short time frame, right? So what about really longer time frames? You know that fifty year it also acts or traditionally has acted as a good hedge against inflation. Whenever someone talks to me about inflation, the invariably we talk about gold as well, right? So there was this article that I read. If you had like maybe zero point four ounces of or zero point four grams, I can't remember the exact weightage, but let's say you had this amount of gold, and you can buy a piece of bread today. If you sold the gold, you can buy that piece of bread. But if you had the same money in hand, 30 years later, obviously you can't, right? Yeah. So, and there's no, there's no likeliness that, you know, if you invested in stocks, you'll be able to buy the same piece of bread. So if you just held this same piece of gold today, which can buy that loaf of bread, and you just fast forward 50 years later, the chances of this same piece of gold being able to buy an equivalent piece of bread is quite high compared to money. And even maybe compared to like certain stocks, because if you, if you kind of start picking stocks, then you're never really sure, right? But gold, you can pick it and, and you know that it's a relatively safe hedge against inflation. So what, what's your thoughts on gold's role in inflation? I think definitely there is an element where gold can help protect our, our purchasing power against inflation risk. I think that's, that's exactly why, you know, my parents, your parents, they buy gold, right? Because all, the, all our grandparents, right? Because that's the idea. And I think there is some wisdom in these thoughts that the older people had. You know, I think there's some wisdom there. 
I think what I would say is that they, it existed during times where other alternatives are difficult to get into. So for example, you, you rightly mentioned stocks, companies can come and go. So if you pick a company, you, you invest in Nokia 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, that's not worth much now compared to when it was, right? I think the stock market or companies in general are doing better still, right? So, and, and today we obviously can, can get that kind of exposure just with a S&P 500, a broad-based index, right? Or even an STI, if you look at Singapore companies, right? So we can get those exposure easily. We don't have to stock pick. And those are ways we can also use, not just to hatch our purchasing power over time, but also increase our returns through our investment returns, right? So I again, I, I think there is it is true that gold is a good hedge against inflation, but it's not the only hedge we have during our times. In Singapore, at least, properties is also another way a lot of us think about, right? The same HDB or the same condominium we buy 20 years ago, the, the, the money we have then, you can't, you can't afford it right now. So it's also a good hedge and you can use it also, by the way, right? So you can stay in it, give it to your, your, your kids in the future if you want. If you go, you can't really stay in a go. Lah. You can't really... Uh, you can wear it around your neck. You can wear it, but then it's not efficient. And then you have to deal with the inefficiency because you, you are paying for craftsmanship. You're paying for the brand of the designer, right? No, true, no. true. I mean, you do have to renovate your house. <laughs> you, you, do, you do, you do. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you know, but, but you can stay in it, right? So yeah, I, I guess, you know, a uh, good point there as well. So I, I think it's not the only... I think my point is it's not the only way you can, you know, p- protect your purchasing power. Obviously, you don't want to keep it all in cash. So gold could be a better, you know, it could be better to invest or at least buy some gold using some of the cash saving you have than to simply keep it as money in the bank because that's not going to grow or that's not going to keep track with inflation. But I think one of the challenges that, you know, with gold, whether it's jewelry or gold buys, it's hard to keep it, right? You, you can't store a lot, you know. You, yeah, you can buy five, ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars worth of gold jewelry, right? But you know, what about 200,000? What about 300,000? That's a bit harder, right? Even if you love wearing them. So I, I think nowadays there's also a lot more instruments we can consider. Yeah, um, exactly. That's, that's the next part that I was going to ask you about. I actually have a friend, bringing up a lot of analogies here, but I had a friend who, I, you know him as well. I'll let you know who he is after this. Yeah. So he went out to a physical store and he bought uh, a lot of silver. Okay, silver, not gold, but you know, relatively same concept here. He bought a lot of silver and he lucked all the way home. So I'm just wondering the efficiency of that as well, right? Surely there has to be a better way to buy and invest some of these uh, precious metals. Yeah. So so obviously the problem with physical gold or silver, you know, is that you firstly you need to store it. So that's kind of like a cost, right? Storage cost. You need to keep it safe so you run the risk of it being stolen. And you need to keep it undamaged. I don't think it's easy to damage it, but basically if it, there's a flood or something and it's damaged and then you're in trouble, right? Gold ETFs are, are probably the more efficient way. You know, I think in, in Singapore, you can easily invest in the SPDR Gold Share, you know, which is originally listed in New York, uh, New York Stock Exchange in 2004, but has since been listed on uh, multiple exchanges, including the SGX. So as uh, Singapore-based investors, we can invest in, in the Gold Shares ETF, either, either through US dollar or Singapore dollar. Right. The downside, if I have to call, consider a downside, is that you do pay that ETF fee. Right. And as we all know, gold doesn't generate income. So essentially, it's kind of like a cost of holding the gold, which is why personally, I wouldn't recommend, you know, for you to have like 50% or 100% of your portfolio in gold because you, you pay a cost for that. Right. And whereas with stocks, you know, 
I mean, yeah, so you do pay a cost for a asset that doesn't actually generate any income. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there are, I have also read other ways that we can invest in gold. I mean, there are gold accounts that we can use. But you pay a fee for those as well, if I'm not wrong. Correct. Yeah, I, I think we do pay and a then, fee. And then transaction fees when you, when you buy and sell gold. Correct. Correct. Versus, you know, stocks. I think there's, there's really no um, cost to holding stocks, right? Yeah, yeah. But but if you buy it through an ETF, then then you you pay yeah, similar. the fee, it's right? Similar. Yeah. yeah. And and then you pay a fee again, like I say, for an asset that doesn't actually generate income, right? So if you invest in REITs, you pay a REITs ETF fee and a REITs uh, fund management fee, but the REITs actually generate income for you, right? So uh, you're paying that fee off your profits or your income. Whereas with gold, it's not. It's it's only if the price goes up. Yeah, so I guess, you know, my, my friend wasn't too wrong when he wanted to go out there and luck a whole bunch of silver home. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's that's possible. That's what people used to do. Um, but, you know, for, for many of us, if, you know, the, the, the inconvenience may not be something we want, but we want that exposure, a small part at least, then, you know, that's where ETF comes in. And, you know, like I say, you know, if it's 5 10% of your portfolio, then maybe it's not, really worth it to luck around the gold or silver gold can be very heavy by uh, the way. for some reason I'm still, I'm still having the imagery in my mind and I have this like really big question about if you luck that much gold or be it silver home are you actually covered with any insurance or home insurance or do you need like a special clause in your insurance policy uh, you, you definitely need if there, there, there is a cap to how much I mean, this is like digressing a little bit, yeah. but I have, you know, research about home insurance as well, and it's probably going to be a cap even if you uh, rob of your money or your goal, right? And I don't think the cap will be enough for your, for, for the goal that you lose. 10% of your portfolio, yeah. yeah. And, and goal is not light either, just just to be clear about it, so. Yeah. I mean, another another digression, like I went to the Perth uh, Mint, right? This is um, on a holiday, and you know, they had a challenge there where if you could lift up, they give you like a transparent box and you put your hand in, if you can lift up, I don't know how heavy it was, but a bar of gold and take it out of the box, it's yours. <laughs> so I know gold is a really heavy metal. One of the densers, actually. So I think it, it was is, in science yes. classes that we learned, right? Correct, correct. So I, I don't know the exact weight, but you know, it, it's not, not light. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think, okay, for the last part of this, this wasn't really planned for, but I was just wondering if you if I could ask you, like, you know, how are you personally thinking about gold and, and if you have any like exposure and how you're building your exposure? I think personally for me, and, and I think this is something that, you know, I think a lot of younger investors or people who are just starting out will also think about is that I, I wouldn't think of gold as a natural natural first investment. I think a lot of times we get an investment, you know, at the very least it's an ETF, it's a, it's a broad-based ETF, or, or maybe some individual stocks that we that got us started, right? And I think the whole idea is that you want to invest in an asset that can, that can earn you income, that can give you returns, right? Gold doesn't do that. Gold protects your portfolio. Right, so in some sense, it's like you need to have a a portfolio that's worth protecting. Otherwise, you know, if you have like fifty dollars and you just buy fifty dollars worth of gold, that's not gonna really bring you anywhere, right? You might as well buy digital gold, right? You you could you could you could as well. I mean, I mean, if all you have to invest <laughs> was fifty dollars, that might be serving you better. Or or you can get started on you know just you know investing in the stock market slowly, fifty dollars a month, right? That's how you yeah. can get started over like one, two, three years and, and stuff. So I, I wouldn't think that gold is something that is an immediate first choice if you're just starting out your investment portfolio, unless you have a, like I say, not an investment advice, but unless you have a certain view about precious matter, right? And then when you talk about precious matter, then you can consider other 
metals as well and, and there are ETFs or robo portfolios that do give you that exposure to uh, precious metal including gold but not only gold right uh, I won't go into that could be um, a possibility if you have a certain view about precious metal which you know thanks to the war have, have led to a increase in price also for some specific metals as well right so that that's my thoughts about that yeah, I mean, I just want to share with maybe anyone reading. Hopefully, there yeah, are people. Sorry, listening into our podcast. <laughs> listening, yeah. <laughs> I've been writing too many articles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, I, I don't know whether this is uh, furthering a stereotype, but you know, being Indian, uh, I I do buy a little bit of gold every Diwali. So this is mm. our yearly celebration, right? I do buy a little bit of gold for our two children, and it's just like a long term savings. Maybe even can consider an heirloom, you know, like so they can um, reminisce on it and see, hey, you know, this is what my parents bought for me. Something physical maybe when they're 30, 40 years old. Yeah. So something to pass on to them. Yeah. And I mean, just judging by history, you know, it's probably going to be worth more in the future than what you pay for today, just basing on history. So you're probably not wrong there. And I think, you know, having that physical gold or jewelry, you know, does give us a little bit of, you know, that, you know, we can hold it, right? It's very hard to hold onto stocks. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Even if you buy it today, you know, Disney, you know, hold it for 30 years, very hard to appreciate the, the stock, right? Whereas with gold, we can, we can hold it, we can feel it, we can physically pass it down to someone else. Yeah. All right, Tim, I think unless you have anything more to add, I think we've had a good session. We've spoken a lot about things that we didn't expect to speak about. Hopefully the listeners out there have gotten something useful away from this session. And as always, we hope to see you guys again at our next podcast. Thank you, guys.